distance makes the heart grow fonder, spelled with a PH. Welcome to Five Fins. Hello, world. We are back for another episode. We're back in the rhythm. We're 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 putting them. We're we're putting the time in. We're bringing the podcast back. Twenty twenty three. Get the training montage music ready. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Uh, this is Kev, and I'm here with my trusty co-host, Dan. Dan, how are you? I'm pretty good, man. You know, uh, just watching some playoff football, enjoying <laughs> this wonderful show that you uh, chose for us to listen to. Yeah, we are on a early show. It was my call, as we've been doing for these past uh, 10 episodes, and I chose a show from 1994. Um, so we are going back to the, I guess, the early prime of the band, if you will. Um, some say. Some might say, uh, <laughs> including myself, I think I put, I'd put myself <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to pick this show, uh, for a number, uh, or actually I should say this. I picked this show basically for only one reason. And then, as it seems like has happened, I think with almost every one of the ones we, you and I have both picked, like the reason I picked it almost ended up being entirely irrelevant to the conversation yep. <laughs> that we're gonna have. I think, um, which is that in the uh, uh, previous pick that I had, you you were really loving the Esther from that 1991. <laughs> yes, show. yes, and uh, I uh, and you were like any any Esther you you want to put in. So I was looking up shows that had Esters in, you know, years that uh, weren't the uh, weren't ones that we had already covered. And I was like, well, obviously we're going to get to 1994. Uh, it's a legendary year for the band. So I figured. <laughs> You know, as we're wont to do, you uh, you know, there there's a lot of legendary shows and a lot of uh, a lot of goings on with the band in this period of time. But you know, take take something that's a little bit off the uh, off the beaten path here. So I've went with the June twenty first of nineteen ninety four fish show that takes place at the Cincinnati Music Hall in Cincinnati, Ohio. There's a lot to be brought up about this show, but. <laughs> the main thing that should be brought up is that the fire alarm goes off. You know, and usually we don't do like spoiler alert kind of stuff in the uh, <laughs> in the intro segment, but it's like you you can't ignore the fact that this show is kind of uh, reduced to the idea of the fire alarm show. It's actually not the only time a fire alarm show has gone a fire alarm has gone off at fish, it's, which uh, is unsurprising. Is it but the smoke machines? Were there <laughs> smoke machines back then? Well, or I don't know machines? how much you. Read about the background of this show too, but uh, or just in terms of there's the fish.net uh, reviews, um, which are an incredible read for this uh, show for reasons <laughs> that go both <laughs> into the music and definitely way outside of that. Um, but I can only imagine. You know, unsurprising. We've mentioned sometimes that people like to eat candy at fish shows. It sounds like there was a lot of that going on in kind of a small uh, old theater. <laughs> um, oh boy. There's a great quote from one of the uh, reviewers that says, like, there was, like, one 90-year-old security woman asking everybody to put out their hand-rolled cigarettes. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that gives you a good indication of what's going on uh, at this show. Uh, but it's it's funny because I, I looked up this show because of the Esther. Then I was looking at the set list, and I was like, yeah, I was kind of familiar with this show. 
or and not hadn't wouldn't have been able to talk about the music so much but uh, you know i was like oh i think you know i ran across the set lists and kind of laughed at it um so i figured it would be a good pick <laughs> and then it ended up i think um i was a little bit scared uh i didn't i don't think i told you this after i picked this i had a little bit of buyer's remorse for a minute because i was like oh yeah, this show has a lot of uh, kind of weird stuff in it, including the fact that there's like a huge extended kind of section without microphones, which we haven't really talked about yet Right on the show. There's oh, we uh, the will. weird setless construction because of the fire alarm thing. Um, but as it uh, after I kind of got through that and started listening to it, I was like, no, I think this is actually a good representation of, of you know, listening to bootleg fish tapes, right? You know, we're, yeah. we're doing a show about... <laughs> listening to old fish shows this is part of it so i was thinking uh for just a little bit of an opening here what were your kind of uh what were your thoughts going into the uh going into listening to the show i guess um well my thoughts going into it were you know 94 show we'll see how it how it feels it's got some good songs on it um but it actually did evoke that like feeling of listening to uh, good tape. I did. I did think that for the most part, the uh, the tape was like really well mixed and yeah. really good. The absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. There were, um, you know, and I think I could save them for the actual thing. But the no microphone stuff uh, on tape, just I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, we're definitely gonna have to kind of hit on that when we get to the actual performance, but. Will it be a point of controversy? Who can say? Do you have anything that you think is controversial from this show? Were you at this show? Any of those <laughs> answers, just send us an email at fivefinsmailbag at gmail.com. us an effing email. It's still, it, the mailbag is still empty, and it's very sad. Um, we'll accept any language. Yep. Uh, <laughs> any words. Including any insults. Empty- including and up to pig latin we will definitely (laughs) yeah i don't know it was that was the one thing i wanted to bring up uh that it's like well this is the authentic fish experience right of listening to like a kind of like you say high quality especially when the band is playing at full you know full volume full strength i think it sounds fantastic actually but when that's not happening (laughs) it's a little questionable as 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 it is but then the second thing i wanted to bring up about this and uh i wish i could totally be like oh yeah you know just off the top of my head i knew uh but uh the answer the the reality is that i did not know that this was the show that takes place right before live fish volume 10 so it's the next day is right june 22nd 1994 in columbus which that is a show that you and i both love but yeah i know you are especially a live fish definitely top top three live fishes i say three just because i like 13 possibly the most obviously but then i also know that there's probably another live fish that i really like that i'm forgetting about but 10 is like yeah that one's so fantastic with the the whole Mike's groove thing that happens in the second set. Yeah, I was listening to it, uh, la- or was it last night or two nights ago? And I was just crying, laughing. Like, and I've heard it so many <laughs> times, but just the like the, uh, you know, you think you're too good for the <laughs> book. <laughs> and like Paige is really good. I noticed on this re-listen to it, like I noticed how great Paige is just doing the Ike with Trey's really going off when he's doing the whole like you know. You run around doing this thing, doing this thing. What you know? But in the background page, it's just going read the book. Come on, read the book. Read the book. 
Read it. Read it's, it. Oh, man. Save your life. It doesn't life. get old. Save that your is life. Like... <laughs> one of the best like <laughs> right it of, of, of just yeah like not getting I, old that's like a show that you and i got into like way long ago and it's just it's so great still and yeah i mean there's too many 1994 shows to to even bring up i also like when we get to the performance history like i've never done so much counting in my life because they did 124 <laughs> shows <laughs> in 1994 um and this was kind of the the zenith of that because then uh after that, uh, beginning in 95, they did begin to kind of scale back. I think 1994, and, and uh, David Steinberg talks about this in his excellent book that everybody should go out and buy, which is called... Friend of um, the Pod. Hopeful, we would love him to be a friend of the pod. Um, this has all been wonderful. It's a Tales from On the Road in 1994. Um, and I did go back and re- reread part of uh, part of the, t- <laughs> the thing, or I reread the uh, part of the book about today's show. So, uh, yeah, but the one of the things he kind of chronicles the idea in that book was how Fish was just in this beginning this phase of their careers where they were going to be in playing in giant stadiums and all of that stuff. And then also, uh, you know, being, you know, beginning to play the MSGs of the world and that kind of thing. But also we're still, you know, playing places like the Cincinnati Music Hall on the right. way there. So it was kind of a kind of the 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 you know the end of that early period of the band really kind of culminating um and i think that was also spilling out into you know the fan base and all of that so definitely an interesting time period where they're still really really working hard on the road i mean 124 tapes or whatever it is and that doesn't include other stuff they were doing on the side so they were hitting it hard at this point so yeah um I I really like 1994 as a year, and this was definitely a tape I hadn't put a lot of uh, my time or thought into ever. So uh, this is going to be a fun one, I think. Do you? What do you? What do? You, what do you think? You ready to play? I'm always ready to play this game that we invented <laughs> the rules for, and that we, we keep invented. changing them, and <laughs> no it's perfect. Knows. You know, nobody knows, including us, and that's what makes it the perfect game. There's no referees. We should have, yeah, we should have like a Mike Pereira come in and just be like, well, I think what he did there is, and then like they will overturn it and just be like, oh, that was surprising. <laughs> I mean, silent Mike could throw a flag, but no yeah. one would know. You know, we can ignore <laughs> it because it's silent. Silent flag. We are going to come back and just dive right into the music that Fish played on Tuesday, June 21st of 1994 at the Cincinnati Music Hall. Get your fire retardant suits out, people.
Defy Fins. Thanks for sticking around. We are here to talk about the fish performance from Tuesday, June 21st of 1994 at the, the Cincinnati Music Hall, which uh, David Steinberg, again, shout out to his book, mentioned like already being 100 years old at this point. So, um, <laughs> you know, at this point, we're tacking on however many more years to that. So, yeah, um, but uh, the Cincinnati Music Hall. It's, I don't even, it's probably not even still around. I didn't look that up. Um, <laughs> in Cincinnati, <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> and we open with Runaway Jim, set one, track one. Um, it's funny for me to think about walking into this building. You just picture it just crammed with fish fans, just yeah. heads to the rafters. Every, it's just filled with smoke. There's apparently a 90-year-old woman <laughs> trying to keep track of everything. <laughs> a little overwhelmed. They come on stage. They play Runaway Jim. Um, yeah, Runaway Jim, I have mentioned before, is an interesting track for me in the sense that I can't think of another Fish song offhand that has such a varied performance history in terms of it's either like most of the time it's very normal and kind of almost uh, unnoticeably so, but then there's yeah. the occasional times where it will just bust out and become something amazing. Um this is the former, I would I would dare say, though I do like it a lot. They opened with Runaway Jim a lot in this time. Um, <laughs> this is, these numbers are fun for this one. So this is the <laughs> Can I guess? version oh, that's of not Runaway Jim that they played out of 34 <laughs> in 1994. Whoa. Yeah, we're just getting started. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> I like this. Uh, I like this a lot. It's a good high energy opening track. Uh, not a lot stuck out to me specifically, but this feels like it is cruising for an automatic four. So that was my ranking for that. Oh wow, you're ahead of me already. This is what always happens. It's so bizarre, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I did. I, I did. A, I thought it was an intriguing version of Runaway Jim, one that uh, like had echoes of today but also like there there seems to be an element from these uh 94 shows like the some of the songs that um i really love now i actually do hear like there being a slight uh not betterness but like a different quality that i could see someone enjoying more as far as like tonally um but I also thought it was a pretty average uh, runaway gym, but I didn't do the auto four because I didn't realize this was an auto four. But I, I so I gave it a four point four, mostly because I really liked uh, the Gordon stuff in the beginning. He's really like out front on this tape. Uh, I I was really happy about that. That I enjoyed very much. Yeah, we're definitely gonna be doing some Mike Love uh, in this podcast for sure. Um, we should also mention, I do this every single time we do the first song, and then I'm like, hey, by the way, in case you've never heard the podcast before, we're playing Five Fins. The way we play <laughs> Five Fins is that we go through each song in the set, and we rank them on a scale of one through five fins. There is an added wrinkle in that we can take extra fins we don't use and then apply them to other songs later on in the set or and whenever we want them. So, for example, if I were to give a song a three... I would have two fins available to place onto the next track, so I could give the next track a seven or anything I want, any combination thereof going forward. And going into today's matchup, 
I had 17 remaining extra fins, and you had 16.4. So we had a huge disparity at one point, and then it really narrowed down. You know, we we buckled down. Times are hard. (laughs) We're (laughs) tightening our belts. Um, Or it's just kind of some kind (laughs) of regression of the mean. (laughs) Tightened our... (laughs) <laughs> Tightened our Birkenstocks. Yes, exactly. Tightened our sandals and hopped over the fence and got into the show. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, uh, Runaway Jim is uh, pretty good. And yeah, I gave it an automatic four, which means I can either take the extra fin or leave it. I'm going to leave it, um, <gasps> as I always do. Uh, that makes us principle. tied at this very Yeah, moment. at this moment. <laughs> at this, it's... Uh, yeah, it's we'll see how this how the rest of this game goes though. It might end up being like uh might end up being like this Giants Eagles game we just watched. We do, we, you know. Um, you go in thinking it might come out close and by the end you're like, "Wow. That this is one person was much more uh prepared than the other." I'm the Chargers of this podcast. I just no matter what happens, <laughs> I end up losing. Oh man. Um our next track is the song Mound. Yeah. They surprisingly only played 18 versions of Mound in 1994. This is the 11th one. That is a very paltry amount for 1994. If they played 18 versions of Mound today, uh, fans would be demanding that Trey get his head examined or something. Like there would be an investigation (laughs) into this, how crazy that they were playing it all the time. But 18 is nothing for 94. Um, Wow, really like yeah, can you imagine 18 versions of something like now? I just I was just thinking about that like that would be well, it would be like be such a huge bizarre. percentage of the shows now too, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing when you play 124 like the next one we hit is really funny how many times they played it, but I'm like, well, if you think about playing playing it a lot and they were playing a lot of single night runs, so they didn't really care as much about repeating songs. I mean, they didn't care as much about that's repeating fair. songs, period. But uh, <laughs> but they certainly cared <laughs> less about the whole thing. Um, I really like Mound, uh, and I I know you do as well. Yeah, I like the placement here a lot because I think um, uh, there's so many versions of Runaway Jim that go into foam around this time. And while I do like that, I oh. actually kind of like this as like a different thing that they were doing. Um, and yeah, I I I don't know. I really like Mound a lot. It's one of the early uh, Mike songs uh, compositionally. I thought of something kind of. Uh, I'll give my uh, score here, which is that I I'm just an appreciator of Mound when it comes around. It's a good performance of it. It's in a good slot. I'm in a good mood. Mound gets five fins. What did you reckon? Oh wow, that? wow! <laughs> Look at me. This was a a fun Mound. Uh, it had some beef. It was a beefy mound, a uh, beefy mound smothered in sauce and laid on a big old slab of country white bread. Not quite a <laughs> sloppy joke because there's not much sloppiness to it. Maybe like chopped cheese, something, just whatever you're into. But uh, <laughs> you're going to need a wet nap for for how saucy this sandwich got. <laughs> um, all that said, I did only give it four and a half fins, but it was... Uh, it's a very respectable I, I score. Kind of, I, yeah, I kind of I almost assumed it would end up as an auto four, but the way that they were kind of uh, all over each other in this one was just great. And the intro was actually really fun. You know, anytime you get like that stuff that's sort of um, 
orchestrated earlier in Fish's career. There's just that slight edge of being young people who just wrote the parts, so it kind of slides together better. I feel like Mound's one of those things, but I love the song as it is anywhere, in general anyway, so yeah, I was happy to hear it. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those uh, ones that you mentioned the Auto 4 thing. I mean, yeah, the, there's there's that. I felt kind of actually a similar way even with the next track, too, for me, because it we're definitely in this era in 1994, right, where I think there's a very clear demarcation point between songs that have jamming in them and songs that don't. And right. we're now coming from this era that is very, like, loose with that, the loosest they've ever been. I mean, like, the band now you know, where anything can kind of go off in any direction. Um, so it's kind of funny doing the rankings for this compared to like a, you know, a show like in 3.0 where I think if they played Mound... Where all the second... songs are fives. Oh, sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, if they played Mound <laughs> in 3.0 yeah. and they right. just executed it well, I'd be like, yeah. and it was here, I'm like, <laughs> cool. But with this, it's almost like because that part, the execution part is sort of a given it is a good right. question of like, I guess in a way this is like an automatic four, but I don't like the idea of like <laughs> docking at a fin because it's like <laughs> boring. <laughs> like, oh, they're just doing something really right. good again. Huh? You know, so I did the same thing with our next track and I know you're going to disagree with me, but um, I really like sample. The next, the third track is sample in a jar. I also gave it five fins. Same reason. I just think I don't, I don't know what else I want from this. Obviously, if it was something like the jam-filled one, it's going to get extra fins. So as long as they nail it, I really like the placement a lot here as well. I really think it's funny too. We mentioned this, like, you know, we're cruising towards this thing that is inevitable on the recording. You Cliff. know that the fire alarm's going to go off, but. <laughs> It's funny to picture how this first set would have played out if it hadn't, because I really enjoy this start. And I kind of wonder if that changed the, I mean, obviously it changed the flow of the entire evening. So yeah. we're off to a good start here, though. I like a mound into sample in a jar. It just feels like solid, well-played 1994 fish. Daniel, what did you rank sample in uh, a jar? Oh, yeah. Um, so I did go with an auto four. Uh, I did remark, though, that it was, it's, it was a a nice version of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. part of the thing that makes the tape so much fun is that uh, since it's 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 hearing old fish played through the old form of recording old fish, and uh, I feel like there's like that added element of uh, you can almost hear their age coming through on it, like the energy of. Like yeah, a, just a different energy of like the energy of, you know, someone who is driving from town to town and stuff and like being just as like, you know, like you said, starting to like really get bigger and bigger and bigger and just like that energy of living that new life.
did go with a four. Uh, I I do like I was saying the the sound thing too, especially. I really love um, the tone of Trey's guitar. I don't know if that's the Ross compressor that like kind of has that different feel to it, but it sounds so uh, intense throughout the entire show. I don't understand the whole. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, I'd ever understand the whole. I mean, I kind of understand, like, I can sort of understand what compressors do, but I have a hard time uh, explaining. You're, you're better on the technical end of that, um, which is funny because I do play guitar, but not. I don't know what I'm doing. I just plug it in. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you know, with, with sample, don't we I all? mean, <laughs> yeah, I think with sample, it's the first ex- uh, example of the of of the hoist tunes that are being played here in this evening. Hoist had come out a couple of months earlier mm. in March, and uh, I'm a big hoist fan. I think I mentioned that before. It was kind of like a big portal for me to getting into the band, so I have a soft spot for it. Sample was probably like one of the first songs that really got me into it. Not the first, maybe, but like that was probably bouncing, but. Uh, sample was like right in there because it's you know it's like one of the catchy most immediate fish songs and i like hearing it in this period because it feels of the album version it kind of feels of a piece with that even the solo feels a lot more indebted to that even though it's obviously more uh ornate than the the studio version as as trey is wont to do live but uh yeah i mean it's it feels more of a piece with that than just sort of like you know for lack of a better term like normal fish jamming which is like what they would do or you know normal trey soloing which they would do on versions of today uh even though i still like it so yeah i don't know we're um we're we're cruising at this point into i'm like all right this is uh, this set's gonna be great right (laughs) and we keep the energy (laughs) up we keep it going our next track yeah, is I do It's Nice. Hey. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off yet. Yeah, you wonder too? Like, who oh, yeah, you? no, I was saying, I want, yeah, I, I was wondering what this would have become. But, but yeah, I like where it's going so far. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible to know. But, um, it's ice. Um, Oh, and by the way, with Sample, I didn't even mention it. This is the best part. It was the 37th version out of 73. 73 times they played <laughs> in one calendar year. Um, it's just crazy. Wonder, but then again, it's you think, well, 124 or whatever it is shows, I mean, right. even if they played it, like that does, the math kind of adds up, but it's like 70. They played Sample in a Jar this year, like, twice as many times as shows they play in a year now <laughs> like it, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of mind-boggling to even like, would, put that yeah. into perspective but <laughs> to think about them having to play a single song like multiple times in in a single show just to reach like those numbers yeah i mean obviously they're working with a different amount of in their catalog plus it's like they just were like i said they're not afraid of doing you know, like this day, if they're going to play Tuesday at Cincinnati Music Hall, they can still play right. stuff the next day. You know what I mean? They're not like... So, yeah, it, it was kind of a different... It was kind of a different period. Or it definitely was a different period with that stuff where uh, they would never have been able to get away with like 10 shows even without repeating or anything like that. Um, but it wasn't really a priority either, right? Um, it's Ice was the 23rd version out of 43... <laughs> 
Whoa. So still a decent amount. I liked It's Ice here a lot. I went with a 4.3. Um, I thought that oh. uh, it had a pretty good uh, spicy little page-led jam, as it usually does. Um, this song in the 90s did have a little bit more of a variance to it where uh, it, you know it could get really, really good. Um, so I feel like this is maybe not to like the best standards. Again, it's like... Um, it's so much easier in my mind if we're doing like a 2013 show. I can like listen to a jam and be like, yeah, I think this is probably like off the top of my head, like the second or third best version of this. Whereas if we're doing, you know, um, I don't know off the top of my head all 43 versions of It's Ice. I apologize <laughs> to our <laughs> listeners. Um, I've done a decent amount of fish listening in my lifetime. I'm not going to lie in my grave and be like, I just didn't hear enough. But uh nevertheless um i yeah but i i've not heard all 43 uh, it's ices but i i like this one a lot and i went with a 4.3 uh, rating for it's ice where'd you end up wow well once again i have zagged or you zigged or i have zigged <laughs> or you zagged uh, I had however a you want to say it. this might happen yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i actually gave it's ice uh six fins um i thought it was really great in terms of just being so uh, interesting and different from what I'm used to, because as you know, I like the 3.0 version of It's Ice especially. Um, yeah. And I thought it just had like that strange feeling that uh, they create when they do the jams on this song sometimes where it like starts out dark and then like slowly gets like quieter or lighter, but it's also kind of like the way that the jam uh, felt was kind of like disjointed where it's like bouncing all over the place almost. And like, you're trying to keep track of everything that's happening. Um, but when they slam back into the song to end it, um, coming out of the jam part, I thought that was really especially cool. Um, so I figured, you know, I'll throw it an extra fin, especially cause it is, uh, technically the best song in set one. Actually, I mean, that that's a good point. I probably rated it a little low. I think the only thing with me is that I'm a little wary of the uh, <laughs> of the extra fins thing in this time period because I feel like for me there's probably a lot of versions. If you were to map them out in my brain, that would be somewhere between like, you know, 4.2 <laughs> and 5.4. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you were to really rank it out, it would be like a very... Like it's ice is it definitely has a very high batting average, but it's see it's it's one of those songs that it's very rare that that's like the highlight of a show or even a set, like you say. So actually, right. in some ways, you could 
you could be like, hey, this it is technically <laughs> the highlight of the set. <laughs> um, but I kind of went with a more middling number. But yeah, that's I mean, it's it's a great it's a great time for it. I think, you know, the compose section thing I've mentioned before that I like going back to the 90s is that I don't have that. Um, <laughs> I never have any of that feeling of like, uh, oh, boy, I hope they get through the compose section. OK, like right. I hope the kids get to school on time kind of thing. It's <laughs> like it's like, oh, n- we're going to be good. Like we're in good hands here. <laughs> Um, and then, like you said, yeah, there's a little, there's little moments like slamming back into it. I think that the, there's like a slightly, um, there's like slightly more intensity to certain moments in this period of time, like the mid nineties, something like that. Right. Where, or even the little, you know, ow, in the middle of the compose section part. Right. There's like a little bit of an edge. I think you picked up on that too, when you were saying the, the youthful energy and something that really just like, I think at times when for me. Going back to this period, the jamming feels a little bit, uh, and we're going to get to this a little later, but the jamming might feel a little a little different from my standards or like something that feels a little bit more um, intellectually based and, and a little less sort of emotionally based that sometimes I think the composed sections and, the, and things like that, like those little moments, like you said, like coming from the jam to out, out of this in its ice, like the precision of that can kind of... Um, you know, can kind of really pop out in this era, so right. I and I yeah. only think emotionally, so <laughs> you're only into the emotional <laughs> stuff. <laughs> if it's intellectual, get it out of here. I um, don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not paid to think. <laughs> I'm paid to give fins out. Um, <laughs> our next track. You're not even paid to. Are we we're not I paid by the way but if you, if you if you if you if you but if you would like to pay dan email us at five fins mailbag <laughs> at gmail.com p-h-i-v-p-h-i-n-s our i'll even our send back a handwritten receipt <laughs> <laughs> picturing it with like a lipstick kiss on it like Ooh, i didn't want this <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> uh, uh okay uh <laughs> <laughs> anything for the fi- for the the fans man just printed on the back. It just printed on the back of a uh, Dunkin' Donuts receipt. It just what, is it, what, are, what are we? What are we calling <laughs> them? Anything for the the, the finners? Fin, fin Five Finnegans. Five Finnegans. <laughs> yes. Anything for the Five Finnegans. <laughs> Do it for the Five Finnegans. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first set is going great, and there's no way it's going to stop now. Our next track no. is the horse. Yes. Uh, they played the Horus 28 times in 1994. This is the eighth of those. 28 and a half. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, 27 <laughs> and a half times. <laughs> and this is the half. Well, he gets actually pretty right. much all the way through the song. So this is obviously, if you're going to go to this tape, this is probably the moment you immediately skip to, right? At least I know I did. Um, <laughs> uh, Trey's singing the Horus. And then... He sings. What's the final line he actually gets out? It's um, I'm not even sure, but I, I not will until say my that. dying day confess what I, he he doesn't get to. The, I think he sings everything but the last line. Yeah, you can hear the I fire alarm go off. The crowd starts cheering because <laughs> 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 of course they do because that would be what would happen. Right, and then.
Okay, guess what that is? That is, stay calm, this has already happened a couple of times today, that is a fire alarm. It's not a fire, but it is a fire alarm. So everybody has to, everybody has to walk out real calmly out of the thing. It's a fire alarm, nothing we can do about it, and we'll come back here and start the back up again. Thanks a lot. smoking in the, in the bathroom there, smoking in the boys' room. Um, here's the situation. This, this is a really old building. It's a beautiful building. They've got a ventilation system, and the fire alarms are set in the ventilation system. If anybody else smokes during the rest of this concert, the, the fire chief just came up and talked to us. He said, next time this thing goes off, it's over. History. Done. No more. So just don't smoke anymore. <laughs> It's that simple. <laughs> the other thing is that uh, due to the time that you take, we're, we're not going to take a break or anything. We're just going to play it straight through again. That was great. What's really funny is that when you first told me, um, like when we were texting about the show, you said oh, by the way, the fire alarm goes off. And me thinking emotionally, I was like, oh, wow, it like must be a really crazy show. Like it must. So then, you know, I'm looking at the first set and I'm like, wow, like there's only this many songs. Like one of they probably like went crazy on. It's ice or something. That's the only explanation I could think of. Oh, and then I realized yeah. that, no, the actual <laughs> fire alarm goes off during the show. Um. <laughs> Yeah, sort of, sort of same in the sense that it's almost like deceiving to see a short set and realize that it was cut off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it isn't, it isn't a complete set, but yeah, I guess it technically is. Um, definitely the shortest first set we've ever covered. I, um, you know, I just think it's kind of funny. It's it's such a, um, it's such an atypical thing to happen, obviously, but uh, it's also um you know there's something about the rhythm of a fish show that you know i think sort of rewards us when you talk about like set list placement and all of that stuff and it's funny how that kind of all goes out the window now right because now the show stopped <laughs> um and by all by all accounts too uh if you read the dot net reviews and uh also david steinberg's book talks about this that uh you know, basically everybody was escorted out of the place. They were outside for about a half hour. There was like a question as to like, well, are they going to restart the show or like, is, are they going to cancel it or something? Then they were told to come back in and, uh, both, uh, David Steinberg's book and several of the net reviews mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, getting into the show after, <laughs> the fire alarm went off was substantially oh easier than getting in when you were supposed oh, to. Really? So yeah. So I think it's safe to say that the Cincinnati music hall definitely had many more people inside of it for set two than it did for set one. And if you notice <laughs> on the recording, it oh, does get a lot louder in set two. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, I think Jeez. it's safe to say that the show gets uh, gets a lot more interesting from here, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's uh, definitely a funny period of uh, Fish's history. It also made me think about one sort of specific thing, which is like, I don't understand how all of this works. Like, you know, you and I have been at shows where there's been smoke going and obviously maybe not it was it's you know at this point they're in bigger places and there's other protocols and there's whatever in place but how did this not happen like more often i was thinking (laughs) it was like it's actually not surprising that the fire alarm would go off you know i almost Um, imagine in 1994 that places were actually like shutting off their fire alarm when fish came in if if they had fish before you know what i mean they're like we just turn it off because they're going to be smoking so much or actually, you could smoke indoors then, so they probably had. It also probably it could have gotten set off. Like ones. somebody, somebody who works there may have set the actual fire alarm off. That's another possibility. <laughs> Maybe um, it was the ninety-year-old woman when she. She's like, "That's it." Count. She's like, "This I is can't my last." This, this was, it was her last day on the job. She's like, "I'm leaving. I'm getting in my car. I'm going home. I don't like this music. I can't breathe. I'm getting out of here." <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so the horse I went with um I went with my rating I tried to be creative with it cuz I didn't know what else to do. So I went with 3.7 because I figured that was like about as far into the song as he got when the alarm went off. <laughs> that is really funny. I like that <laughs> reasoning. I went with an auto 4 cuz I just, you know, I thought that would be fair. It's not Fish's yeah. fault. This but, is tough to rank yeah. because it's not their fault. Um, it's also, I have to bring up this fact that I find hilarious on, and this is maybe I'm the only person in the world, but we did that episode <laughs> in 2016 that had silent in the morning, but no horse. Yeah. And in this show we did horse, but no silent in the morning. So we've like <laughs> evened it out, you know? And again, I wish I like, it's like the live fish 10 thing where I wish I could be like, Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about this show because uh you know of course everybody knows it's one day and then it's like oh yeah i didn't know that um i didn't pick it for that reason but i found that amusing so we're back to square one with horse and silent we'll have to do one that has both <laughs> at some point to really hammer that point home but um <laughs> we are going to uh a break oh no dan look the fire alarm's going off all right we gotta go everybody oh, we gotta leave okay right, sorry right. hold on hold on we gotta outside. leave we're gonna leave we're gonna come back near the tent yeah just you know, <laughs> Dude, hold on. Put it out. No, put it out. Just put no. it out. Just put it in your pocket. All right, we're good. We'll, we'll be right. <laughs> no, there's the 90-year-old lady. Go the other way. Rock the other way. She's looking at you. Rock the other way. Rock She's staring at me. Man. Yeah. No, All, right. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in about five minutes. <laughs> there's like a 5% chance that bit worked.
welcome back to Five Fins. It was not so cold outside, so that's good. If this happened in winter, though, I would have been pretty upset. <laughs> we got let back in. Hopefully the 90-year-old security lady is still there. Or no, like, she quit, dude. Yeah, she we said, guess we're I'm saying she left. She's out of I there. Don't, I don't have time for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was only one day from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to discuss <laughs> the second set, if you want to call it that. The remainder of the show from June 21st of 1994 at the Cincinnati Music Hall. The fire alarm has gone off for reasons that are... Um, <laughs> probably very explicable uh and like we said it's uh i feel like it's safe to say there's an energy change in the crowd here i feel like there's a uh there's a little bit more of a sort of uh yeah there, there's a little bit higher energy in there and there's probably uh enough people that the fire codes now ironically are being broken uh so the fire alarm <laughs> <laughs> maybe had a had kind of a uh backfire uh effect but what didn't is that uh, they open with Jimi Hendrix's fire. Um, Whoa. <laughs> this is the 10th, or I'm sorry, this is the 6th version they did out of 10 in 1994. What? Um, even that is absurd. Even that's absurd. I mean, just the idea of doing 10 versions of fire in one year. But yeah, I mean. Doing two versions <laughs> of fire in one year would be surprising. I mean, yeah, this is... Um, this is fantastic, and uh, like I said, apparently they came out and were very strict about the whole, if the fire alarms go off again, like, this show's going to be over. <laughs> they just, but I think at this point, the inmates are safely running the asylum. Just people climbing the rafters to rip the, <laughs> the batteries out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I, I love this a lot. I like, uh, I, I obviously really like the performance of Fire, and then I actually threw an extra fin on it just because I felt like oh. it, uh, I, I like the idea of Fish at this time being a little bit more maybe adversarial towards, not necessarily the audience, but kind of the venue or situation at large, that they would play Fire like in in reference to this. Um, I just think that's kind of cool, and <laughs> I thought that uh, it's obviously just a rip in performance, and you you're mentioning like Trey's guitar sound and certain things that maybe people key in on at this time. I think, you know, if I want to hear a version of Fire by Hendrix done by Fish, this is the period to hear it in, I think, for me. I, I, I also like the way that he plays Hendrix songs now, but there's just an intensity to the band that's actually, in some ways, a lot different uh, than the intensity of Hendrix, in a way. Um, but I, it works nevertheless, and yeah, I'm just a huge fan of this, so just unleashing Trey.
Matrix fans, what did you rank Fire? Nice. Uh, well, move over Rover and let Big Red come over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I uh, I gave Fire a five because, like, you know, how do you not give Fish in 94 doing Fire a, a five? Like, it's self-explanatory. Fire is fire. It's fire. There was there was a potential fire. There's just so many fires. At least five fires. So maybe I give it five flames. <laughs> but anyway, um, sneak attack incoming here. Whoa! Kev, uh, sneak attack. Ooh, God, my gets better every time. Kazinga, I'm so smooth. You can't stop me. Um, <laughs> better every <laughs> single time. <laughs> so here's a question for you. Okay. How long is the length of fire? Like the the studio album song "Fire" by Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I'll give you, like, I don't know, up to ten seconds, depending on if you get it right. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, like four minutes? No. Oh, wow, you're way off. It's only two minutes and forty three seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's short. Yeah, it's not it's not that long. So I thought that was pretty interesting. There you go. But that's my sneak attack. And I was I actually when off. I say pretty interesting, I, I what I mean is, um, this is I thought this is something he will not have researched. And there's <laughs> almost no way he's gonna know the answer to that. So <laughs> yeah, there it is. Gotcha. Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> You know what I, and then you also got me because I'm thinking of like average song length for fish or like a short song right. length for fish. For even for, song, just songs now, you know what I mean? Obviously, like, yeah. It's, um, of if course Jimi it's Hendrix was around now, his songs well, would probably all be like six minutes on the album. Yeah, it's right. It's 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 pretty, um, you know, proto-punk rock, you know, in, in a way. It's like get in <laughs> and out. Um, yeah, and no, uh, fire's great. Yeah, you give it five fans. I mean, it's just it's it's pretty much the perfect way to come back out of this. And like I say, kind of like the attitude of like, all right, everybody, don't smoke. Now they play fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our next track is not the last, but the first <laughs> that we will hit today <laughs> of Dan's Bluegrass Alert. Hit it, Dan. <laughs> ding, 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 oh, I thought ding, you had the banjo. Ding, 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 bing, ding, bong, oh. bing, bong. You got to break out the banjo. <laughs> I got. I got to learn. That's what I got to do. I should just learn like my own little riff. Dan's for, got a banjo now, so we're we're getting boom, inching boom, closer boom, and closer boom, to boom, real hoedown boom, status. Boom, boom, boom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dan's bluegrass alert is here. It's poor heart. This is the 18th version out of 46. You got to be kidding me with these numbers. It's just in fun. It's just hilarious. 18th version out of 46 that they would do with poor heart. I liked this a lot. You know, I uh, it's one of those things again. The set list. Um, the set list thing kind of gets troubling when you don't really have this sort of uh, same flow. So it's like it's hard to, for me to like determine whether or not this is a good placement. It seems a little weird, but um, I don't mind it as like a juxtaposition going from from Hendrix to a goofy fish bluegrass song. So I went uh, with Automatic Four for uh, for Poor Heart. What do you reckon? Nice. I did the same thing. Um, I also noted that like it's really funny that this that song came out of a tape recorder like that it's it's about a tape recorder and being recorded on tape. Yes. You know do. what I mean at the same time. That's fun. <laughs> uh and then the other thing that always makes me laugh is that like 
the intro to that song is is literally like a f- uh, a prog rock guitarist playing like a flat pickers uh, intro. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, like it sounds exactly like that. So it's just so funny. But yeah, I went with an auto four. It's a good, great, wonderfully executed version. But are there any bluegrass bands you know of who do this song besides like maybe who if there was that on that? I know there's like the picking on <sighs> right. fish series. There's I probably one on there. I but... if if there is, I don't know of it. It feels um, like it could just translate as just a really great. Yeah, I I imagine there's got to be someone somewhere though. I wonder if uh, Billy Strangs does it. I know Billy does back on the train. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, he would be he would be a good candidate for. Oh man, yeah, that'd be good at a nice fast clip just with that well, with that voice. With his yeah, with his accent, just the butter, buttery, the twang, Doc Watson voice. Um, yeah, poor heart. Uh, I just can't stuff. expect you anymore. Also, what's um, it's a very Mike heavy uh, show in some ways. You you brought up earlier, so uh, feels good to have the the Mike Bluegrass song in here. We head into speaking earlier of these uh, of the hoist tracks. We're hitting down with disease as the third of set two um down with disease was played 59 times this is the 32nd one (laughs) (laughs) of of uh 1994 um dan what did you rank down with disease (laughs) well i uh i gave down with disease a five out of five okay okay gave it gave it the fins that i i felt it so deserved um, wow! Around the four ten-ish minute mark, there's some really nice uh, slapping coming from Mike. He, he does some uh, slapping and the bass. Uh-huh. Um, I thought that it was like a really neat, like the way that you can really hear how clearly he switches over from doing one style to the next. And I imagine that at this point he's still playing with his fingers, so that's pretty cool. Uh, had some really nice peaks. I look, I got what I needed from it and uh if i can say i got what i needed from a version of down with disease then i i kind of have to give it a five you know i just yeah i would i would feel wrong not doing that well and then i'm wrong um (laughs) (laughs) that's the theme of this podcast that's (laughs) that's <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, as we've established, I am the Los Angeles Chargers of uh, Five Fins, and once again, I <laughs> I've blown a big lead, embarrassing fashion. Um, no, I mean uh, for you the Chargers fans Brandon out there, I'm a Jets Staley. fan. You know, I can't hold. I at least you guys yeah. made it anyway. So uh, you are the Brandon Staley, <laughs> and I am the Matt Canada. <laughs> uh, I'm the Todd Bowles of <laughs> yes. Five Fins. Uh, no, uh, so this is actually intriguing to me. Okay, I'll just get my score out of the way, and then you can yell at me. But then we can have a nice discussion, like oh, adults. Oh no, don't, um, don't do that. <laughs> we could then we can have a pleasant discussion, like grown adults. Uh, I gave it a three point eight rating. Whoa! So, I mean, if there's not type two jamming on a down with disease, I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm ever gonna give it above a four. <laughs> Four seems like the maximum <laughs> amount for that. I well, then that's what you should probably give it. <laughs> I don't right? even know that oh, it was man. like one of the better 
ones of this year even though um i didn't do extensive research on this topic just say it out loud again though that's all you know say it out loud again say i gave down with disease a 3.8 i declare bankruptcy do you hear it do you hear it (laughs) i i just um i do like it though I, i mentioned the uh hoist connection it feels very of a piece with the album version and uh actually i hadn't in all of the times I've like re-listened to Down with Disease over the years, it I had never somehow occurred to me that at one point they must nix the whole um, backing vocal part that kind of happens during the jam, that part that's like na 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 na, uh, which is on the yeah. original studio recording, and then they're playing, they're doing it in this version, and then it feels like that that ends up just kind of getting uh, pushed aside for just the tray, you know, the big tray guitar part at the beginning of the jam which is amazing obviously but still i do actually really like that little counter melody um and obviously the fact that they they actually like finish the song too which is actually you know pretty Mm -hmm. rare uh Mm -hmm. at this point i yeah i i like it i just don't think that uh this is like a five in version of down with disease for me this is sort of like Uh. it's kind of like uh you know if you hear like tweezer from 1992 and it's just like yeah it's gonna be something good i guess we had the same disagreement with the tweezer from the 91 show didn't we (laughs) right where you were like well i I just love this like it kind of gives me all i want and i'm like but i it would if i didn't know how good down with disease became and how many great jams there were and maybe that's a little unfair but like i mean look man you say you like that you said you like this and i just i don't know i feel like that's a lie you know, like it just feels like a lie to me. It feels like you're lying to me. No, I liked the I liked the hoist studioness of it, but uh, I can like something without giving it all five fins. Watch me. I don't know. I mean, can you though? I mean, no. I mean, have a heart, sir. I like doubt with disease a great deal, and I won't hold it to. This, uh, well, this standard. We'll have to prove it's me moving forward here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I've given it like <laughs> extra fins on almost every occasion that we've. Uh <laughs> well, I, I hope it's going to be that way con- continuing forward. This is, you know, this. I don't know if this is enough to. I don't know if that can cover for this. This is, you know, I just want to say to our listeners, if you agree with me on this topic, you should definitely send a <laughs> nastily worded email. <laughs> to <laughs> five mailbag at gmail.com and like robert sala i'm keeping all the receipts <laughs> <laughs> if anyone who talks who talks down about my down with disease opinions um no i mean i i get you though i get it yeah. i do get it yeah i understand what you're saying it's yeah. um it, it's also like there's another part of me that's uh that sympathizes what you're, with what you're saying almost on a not even like a I hate using the word critical, but, you know, not on a sort of analytical level that we're doing it or that I'm doing it on and more of sort of like a nostalgic thing. Like it's cool to hear a song in a different period of time. And I think I said that with the tweezer too, that it's cool to like hear what a song was like before. It's like, oh, it's down with disease, but it's not, you know, it's like a little baby down with disease. It's not like the full grown (laughs) (laughs) adult that it's going to (laughs) become the monster that it will soon become. (laughs) Down with a sneeze. (laughs) It's just Tom Riddle. It's no, not Voldemort just it's ruling the land. I don't know. That's not great. 
but we're gonna keep it in anyway. Our, uh, it's young Neville, and then disease <laughs> now is is grown up Neville. You know what I mean? It's that guy from Star Wars. I don't know. I'm out of my element. Uh, the guy with the hat. <laughs> Who cares? Um, <laughs> Darth Vader. Yeah, sure. What? Um, <laughs> it's Dark Helmet from. Uh, Spaceballs, that's who it is. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so down with the, our next track is going to be My Friend, My Friend. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say this is the point of the show where things are heating up. We, we, <laughs> the fire alarm already went wow. off, but <laughs> 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 things are now heating up. Um, this is the ninth version out of 19 that they would do of My Friend, My Friend in 1994. Wow. This is the beginning. That's rarer than I was expecting. Yeah, right? It wasn't as often played uh, as a lot of the other ones. Uh, although, again, yeah, 19 would be astronomical now, but not for then. Not for 124 shows. <laughs> um, so, Mife is great. One of the things about it, uh, it, it's when you mentioned earlier about the kind of slamming back into from the compose section of its ice, or, yeah, from the uh, jam section back to the compose section. I feel like the slam from the beginning intro part to the to the four four stomp part of my friend my friend is in my opinion like a lot better in this period just because it's so pronounced and it i think it fits the band's style a lot better now than it does then usually they still articulate it put pretty cleanly now but it's like slower and it's not as intense and i think this song really fits well into that period thing about it that I really love is that it begins this sort of rock and roll hoochie coo thing that is begin that is going to continue <laughs> throughout this set, uh, particularly in the next track. So uh, the song rock and roll hoochie coo, um, and it's it's kind of this guitar breakdown that Trey picks up from that and uh, kind of kind of rides out throughout the show. I don't know if for you, I didn't actually pick up on that. That's exactly what was happening when I first listened to the show. Yeah, I didn't catch it more than like the most obvious time or times. And, and and I wasn't even sure what song I was hearing at first. Right, yeah, Sa- sort of the same. I was like, it sounded sort of familiar, but I didn't really piece it together until it, it sounds it like you feel much better about this than you did the last one, though. But I, I mean, I could be wrong. I do, I do. I, I liked it a lot. I think that it's um, this is an example of a jam that I think is like really unique and specific to this show, and is also um, mm. Mm. uh, leads really nicely into the next track, uh, which is going to be a whole discussion, I think, and. Yeah. Uh yeah, I just think this this part of the show is really heating up for me. To be honest, I feel like it's kind of if you sort of were to look at it as the first set getting interrupted, I almost feel like we're at this period that would sort of maybe be rightfully like the end of the first set. So we're getting a little bit more jamming action. It feels like the band's warmed up, uh, and probably also feeding off of the energy of 
there being a lot of people there and <laughs> everything kind of going crazy. So they they do an energetic down with disease and they play this really cool my friend my friend with the hoochie coo jam so now i'm getting involved and uh, i went with a <laughs> 5.8 fin ranking if we threw a whoa, few extra little whoa, slice whoa. extra onto my zigging and zagging all over the place i love this <laughs> <laughs> myself went with a five uh i actually thought that the thing that i've kind of found interesting about this show is that it has a lot of those songs that have that grateful dead first set and uh you know fish 2011 type uh second set type feels to the to a couple of the songs where you see the time and it's only like you know eight to twelve minutes but it feels like it's much longer than that on the jams yeah um and i actually think that disease could fit that category for this show as well but you know uh you know i mean you know it's never too late to change your mind but um this one kind of hits a type two thing but not really type two in my opinion because like i still knew what song it was you know what i mean and if i can remember what song i'm listening to i don't consider that going type two quite yet even though that's not how the definition works, but that's how I... <laughs> yeah, I do know what you mean, though. It feels a little bit more... It's not so much of an exploratory, like we're heading into a new room in the house kind of jam. It's more like, uh, you know, I don't know. what the. I lost the analogy there, walking into a closet or something. <laughs> it doesn't have... <laughs> it's sort of like the hoochie, rock and roll hoochie coo it kind of adds a little bit of the uh, uh, of a different flavor to the jam but it doesn't fundamentally change like them yeah it still feels like they're playing the song like you're not like um yeah and that's sort of uh you know a piece of this era this mid 90s particularly era i think of them being able to kind of uh yeah fold in these sort of weird elements that you wouldn't ordinarily expect but it's not like yeah it goes off into some whole other territory or something like that right um next the next one. <laughs> not really but sort of the next one oh well okay i have a feeling this well, is i had a feeling no, this is going to be no that that didn't stuff. sound like that did that made it sound like i didn't react the way that you would have expected me to i reacted exact i you got it for this one i'm pretty <laughs> sure you know exactly what happened with me so our next track is Split Open and Melt, okay? Mm-hmm. That was a total Rustillo thing I just did there, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the um, this is the 21st version out of 43 that Whoa. they would do in 1994. Um, 
<laughs> Obviously, everybody knows that. No, uh, <laughs> these numbers um, are crazy. They're so crazy. There's, it's just, it's just, it's just steroids era baseball. It's just like how, what is going <laughs> on with this? Um, this well, okay. First of all, we can mention that we don't really ever do officially released stuff on this pod because we like to shine lights on corners that, of the fish world that aren't sort of out there. Uh, but this right. is this specific song is released on live bait was released on live bait volume four i also didn't realize that until after we picked the show because they don't put that in the description on fish.net which i find very troubling because they do they do put the other ones that have been released like as download series i guess like full shows but not the but come on just give me a heads up i wouldn't have uh well i still probably would have picked the show but i i would have at least uh told you uh, that this was officially released. I eventually <laughs> told you <laughs> once I figured it out. <laughs> so this is definitely the uh, kind of biggest jam of the night. This is the yeah. consensus highlight of the show, I would say, for mm-hmm. sort of uh, people talking about it online and, and whatnot. Um, I didn't actually do timestamps with this, but the jamming sections are actually pretty discreet, I feel like. So there was, it, it, uh, when the jam begins, it starts out like a little bit like a lot of the 1994 melts. But beginning with this uh, Mike's kind of obsession with hitting this uh, specific slap bass line and uh, that that <laughs> molding into these this kind of chord change, the whole jam takes this very strange, atypical, as it notes on .NET, it literally says, atypical jam. <laughs> atypical it jam, just, yeah. d- It changes into this jam that's very different than a lot of what uh, other split open and melts are like. Um, this chord change, and I don't know if you felt this way, Dan reminds me in some ways, weirdly, of like a proto version of Free, um, Ooh. which wouldn't come out, I believe, until the next year in, in 95. It has a different feel than Free. It's more intense, but it still feels like it has that sort of same melodic structure. <laughs> to hear because i think you can really in real time hear trey figuring out how to solo over that like oh that's cool i gotta figure out how to play over that so he's screwing up a little bit but then they kind of ride that groove out and once that groove kind of gets run into the ground there's this sort of incredible section where there's like a duet basically between mike and trey Thank you. 
face sandwich. <laughs> it's a it's an open face, and uh, there's just gravy everywhere. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, it that section's pretty incredible. Then there's kind of this um, Mike kind of twists that bass line into this sort of descending chord riff thing, uh, that's really cool. And uh, that uh, that sort of section of it is actually my favorite part, coming out of that initial sort of weird, almost. Uh, urgent and ramshackle weird version of free that they do into this sort of very pleasant nice thing it kind of reminds me not to the same extent but it reminds me of the duet thing kind of reminds me a little bit of the energy that trey and mike have in the halloween 1994 show which i love like in simple and stuff like that oh yeah um i just when i think about this era in time i always sort of think about trey and just trey sort of dominating everything and i thought this show was pretty amazing to me pointing out how great mike is in this time and like you said he's very clear in the mix um i gave split open and melt 6.8 fins i guess i can also mention it keeps going um and doesn't really return to uh the actual like split open and melt ending uh for a while and uh and when it does it's actually really cool i think how page kind of is the one who hints at like by the way guys do you remember what song we're playing kind of <laughs> <laughs> so uh this jam is phenomenal i think it's probably the most or it definitely is the most uh in terms of the internet the most like noteworthy thing people would say about this performance you know this show um and i gave it 6.8 fins i thought it was exemplary and i am very curious as to what your opinions of it are what are your opinions yeah. of it, dan <laughs> so uh, as you know the live bait stuff was actually like some of the early things that i got before yeah. i think it was before we first saw fish that were just you know i just found this free series i think starting with live bait three um so this actually yeah. this and they version, were super cool uh, back in the day remember because yeah. you didn't have the um back in the day it's back in our day uh <laughs> <laughs> but it is sort of funny because, you know, every generation of fish gets there back in my day. It's like, you know, oh, you weren't there in the 80s. And it's like, oh, I had tapes. And then it's like, oh, it was like, you know, ours is like, yeah, you couldn't just get every show like unless you, right? Like e even before they were offering it as a thing, like they would do yeah. like, some of those live download series. And then that became like the live fish, you know, at, at you know, the, the nugs.net thing. But, you know, um, when they when it was like, oh, you get like a whole free pr professional sounding download it was super cool back in the day <laughs> i loved it and this this one especially was one of my early favorites so that was a nice little touch i thought it was far away the best song of the night although not i shouldn't say far away because i do think that there is a thing happening later in the show that is like not necessarily rivaling it but shouldn't be dismissed at the same time if that makes sense and you know what i'm talking about um i think i think I think yeah. I, I think, think, so. if, I think so. yeah. I think so. If yeah, you yeah. don't, I would be a little disappointed. Yeah, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> um, so there's definitely a little bit of like that uh, difference that like kind of shows up a lot where like between now and then, where there are some elements of this song that you can like hear still the jamming and the the, the way they jam now, but also like the, there's like more of a a silly whimsiness to the uh this version yeah. where it's like maybe they don't do that kind of like mike and trey thing now so much but sometimes i wonder if it's because they're like so well that's something actually that i'll get to later in one of the other jams so i went with nine and a half <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay coming in hot um it's one of my favorites wow one of my favorite versions 
Really? Okay. Well, yeah. So did you pick up on the whole free energy or am I just like making that up? I don't know. No, I totally get that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not the, it's weird because it's done in the intensity of a 1994 split open and melt, but it's like, it's that same like chord progression. So it's very, uh, it's like, it's kind of jarring to hear at first, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad to hear that though. This is one of your one of your one of your big ones and the, and then I was wondering like so for the jamming style I always felt like you were like I mean I know you're mostly partial to the new style but I was sort of wondering like did this throw you at all because I it, like in terms of the intensity because I have to admit like it throws me when I go back to some of these shows cold yeah it definitely brought me back to like the early days of me listening to fish and yeah. why I like really got into them was you know yeah. because it was like wow, this isn't the Grateful Dead. Like, there's no... Uh, <laughs> it can really like go off the rails in a down. crazy yeah, way. It's like, <laughs> just like it's insane at some parts. Absolutely yeah. chaotic. Like, towards the end, like the 915 mark, there's just like a whole bunch of dissonance happening. And then it just kind of like... Unf- like, Leo is just doing like these weird chords and stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's just like this jazz. It's just jazz. They're just like playing jazz music. And you're like, <laughs> like what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the and it's funny you mentioned the dead too because at one point he's uh Mike is almost kind of doing the friend of the devil like do no 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 no, but then of course <laughs> with like with with fish it's like in this time period it's all about like the idea the development of the idea and then evolving the idea as qu- like as quickly right. as possible like it's just like bang 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 bang, and that was really jarring for me to hear I have to admit too because coming out of the uh new year's shows i i went to some of those and uh and uh anyway we can uh but uh i and i've been re-listening to the <laughs> and then he has the audacity to insult down with disease <laughs> as if as if i haven't been put through enough this year or last year technically um well you saw that in the msg too it was just you know it was yeah, yeah 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 you're right it was 420 that's what it was um yeah it was but uh yeah listening to like listening back to some of the the newer shows like immediately preceding this i have to admit like when i first um was re-listening to this obviously the stuff at the beginning of the show you know sample and that kind of stuff it wasn't really throwing me that much but when the jamming stuff started with like the my friend my friend and split open a melt i was like my brain was like having this weird reaction where I was like, huh, I'm not enjoying this the way I normally do, but I think it's just because I needed (laughs) to like, and I like went and listened to like a bunch of other stuff and like new indie music and like other stuff. And when I went back to it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. Like (laughs) it was just, it was like that weird feeling of like, like almost not being able to comprehend it. It's like hearing, yeah, I don't know. It it just like distance. Uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Spelled with a ph. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, and the only other concluding thought I would have is I feel like I like being able to rank this extra fins and feel really good about it because I I mentioned before like split up in a melt is a weird one for me in terms of the f- like it's real hit or miss for me. I've realized like I think for a while I was kind of clinging to like oh I always like versions from sort of like the early days and then now but not so much the middle era and now i've like listened to other ones where i don't know what it is like it can really go either way for me so the fact that this is as noted an atypical jam i really liked because Mm -hmm. it made i just find that note so funny atypical um (laughs) that's really funny but 
But I get what they're saying because it really is. It's not just like it's a very, very exploratory version. It sort of sounds like a jam on a different song for most of it, you know, um, which I think is really cool. So it's not just one of those versions that ramps up in intensity in a million different ways or changes, which that also can be good if it's nailed correctly. But sometimes uh, for me personally, I find that like to be a little bit grating as much as I like intense, crazy yeah. fish. Sometimes split open and melt for some reason can get, can be wonky for me but not this one great version classic if you're going to go back to like one thing from this show musically i think it's safe to say this would be a good bet but there are good things coming up and one of them is our next track that is the song esther ooh, words uh, and music ooh, uh, ooh, uh, by ernest ooh, joseph uh, anastasio the third this is the sixth version out of 12 uh, wow. performed in it was even rare back then. I can't imagine seeing Esther live. That would be so cool. Seeing it without my best friend at the show would like be a little less awesome, but you know. Your best friend Silent is. Mike? Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean you had that experience, you know, you saw Esther at a show with our with best friend. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know what? I totally Silent Mike and New Year's. I totally read what you were saying as sincere and then i just written now realizing of course it was a backstab oh right yeah oh of Whoops. course yeah absolutely oh yeah that's a good point i <laughs> i was at a if i just say it really fast i was at the new Year's shows and i played esther so anyway so that happened um but yeah that's fun this was fun though <laughs> i love this song as you know after you showed it to me uh it just kind of stuck after the last uh show that was it the last show that we did in general? Was whichever it was, um, Esther kind of became like a new favorite, and it was the nineteen ninety one show that I did, right? Uh, as right. the last pick, yeah. So you so, were into um, it, so that's why I picked this show. Yeah. And then, ironically, right. I I did like this Happy version, uh, but it was just sort of like, um, you know, Esther's great, but it is also like I was sort of more focused on other stuff in the show eventually but i do right. i do i, do well, I hope you weren't i hope you weren't so focused on other stuff that you didn't give it a five <laughs> which it deserves because that's what i gave it a five um, it was fun it was flawless the people at the church will be mean if you give it anything less than a five you know i that guy is gonna uh, oh i gave it a four go ahead go ahead i gave it a four I just the only the, the only reason that I did and this is a little unfair with the fin ranking thing <laughs> that I do is that arbitrary rules man this is what I love about this show. Yeah, yeah, it's a little unfair to the performance of the song like you say which is stellar because of course <laughs> it is. But um I kind of just wish they had uh and we're going to get into this second part of the set to say yeah, that I would yeah. like things rearranged is a, a set. Li this is like <laughs> we've talked about the placement patrol. I don't even know how to describe what's happening, but this is like an all points placement bulletin. DEA. Yeah, this is a, this is a crisis situation. But the PEA, Placement <laughs> Enforcement Agency. <laughs> yeah, the they're feds, coming in. The feds fell to the PA. They're coming in. They're busting up the. Uh, they're setting off the setting off the fire alarm. Um, but <laughs> I just. I just don't love the placement, and I don't know why. It should totally be fine because oh, we wow. got a big jam, but I feel like they're on, they're yeah. so on fire. I just wish they went to the next one, and just kept the energy rolling. Interesting. Um, 
and then once we get into that it's like this whole hall of mirrors of how we would rearrange this show (laughs) because i don't know what we do with part (laughs) of it but i should probably have given it a five but i i am a uh, stickler for the setlist stuff i am and i'm sorry and that's just the way it's gonna be but uh esther's great and uh yeah it's At been least a fun this podcast. This one honestly felt it felt a little bit more justified than <laughs> than the other one. <laughs> so that's yeah, that was just that one's gonna stick in the craw for a minute. <laughs> I feel too, bad that you painful. liked this. I feel like I'm subtly though in the like outside of the fin game. I feel like I'm subtly winning. I'm just the I'm award just, yeah, here. You definitely are, but like I just it's because I'm thing bringing is, you like, around uh, on these 1.0. Like, there's no way you're listening to the show if this podcast doesn't exist. Like, you can admit that to me. Like, I know that to be true. Yeah, that's true. Not, 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 not. And like, now you're uh, like really into like you're into yeah. Esther and you're it's digging good. split open and melts like from 1995. I feel like I'm winning this. I feel like I'm getting. You you look, man. You're <laughs> definitely winning the war. But my point is that, <laughs> that like, you're winning the battle. You know, you d- there are some battles that, like, you don't need to massacre things. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if someone surrenders, you should just be like, "All right, surrender, accepted." But you're like, no quarter. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm no man. I'm just uh, you know, you beat uh, you beat the Vikings, but I'm in I'm in it to win it, baby. I'm going all the way. <laughs> Welcome to next Mixed Metaphors, good, the podcast. I um, love it. Uh, <laughs> next one's pretty good, though, right? So, uh, Chalk Dust Torture. I mean, yeah. this is... Um, this. Uh, if we could do rankings that are, instead of five fin rankings, we just did GIF rankings, this would be Beavis and Butthead <laughs> rocking out, doing the metal... Doing the metal hand, right? Nice. Uh, we get a uh, bar- yeah. We get some Barracuda action. The heart classic Barracuda. Yeah. Barracuda um, torture. <laughs> Barracuda torture. That sounds unpleasant, um, doesn't it? Uh, I- the league. <laughs> 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 this, <laughs> this is the seventeenth version out of thirty-nine that were performed. I mean, these numbers are not real. Wow. These can't be real. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, I would have gone with more. Come to think of it, maybe I wrote that down wrong. Probably wrote that wrong. Who cares? Um, Choctaw's torture is great. Um, I went with five fins, and I like the metal. I like the metal angle, and I like the barracuda, and I just like yeah. it in this time period. I know you've said before you're kind of a fast Choctaw's. Have you have you calmed down on that? Um, yeah, I definitely have. I actually, I think Choctaw's might be the one that like I am fine with like the uptick in pace. Uh, I think I kind of prefer 90s chalk dust now. Oh, I was probably thinking uh, of some other song you said, and I'm just conflating. There's definitely it. a couple that I have that feeling about. Um, chalk dust may have been one of them, but I was wrong about that. You know, <laughs> I can admit, I can admit when I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> the, I can, <laughs> Mister, you're a better gave, man than I. Just, uh, but I did give Chalk Dust, I gave it 5.5 because I thought that it was just so much fun. Like the uh, the intensity and power of Trey on this song was just like, I was like, I, I wouldn't give it extra fins if I didn't like know that I had to just based on how crazy Trey is playing. But I just listened to that and I was like, I wouldn't feel right not giving it extra fins. So five and a half. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, it's one of those that it's fun. Uh, it's a fun song. It really is, and and I think it's sort of like um, you know, it's funny. Actually, I'll be um, referencing this later on in the broadcast, but <laughs> I was leafing through uh, the the great and essential uh, fish book by Richard Gere. The like the big coffee table one, um, oh, yeah. which if you don't if you don't own this book, um, it's uh, very easily available. I think I bought a copy of it for like fifty cents somewhere. So uh, <laughs> there's it's around if you, if you want it. But no, it's a fantastic book. It's uh, basically an oral history of them, and uh, but taking place in 1997. But um, Fishman at one point talking about Chakta's torture and how he's like saying um, he says something along the lines there of like. Man, that song was like one of my least favorite when we first started playing it, and then like it became like my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know, it's got five lines in the verse, which is weird, and there's like things about it that are kind of strange. But he's like, but once like we get going on the jam, you know, it's it, it it's it's great. Like, and and I really love it. And it's it's always funny to think about that with like I don't know, like I just somehow assumed that this would be a song that they would always love from the beginning. But he was like, yeah, that's kind of song is kind of a pain in the ass, but <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this is a great period for it. And the kind of the cool metal action and the Barracuda stuff like really steals the deal. I like them getting heavy in this time period. I think it kind of was the beginning to be towards the end of them being able to really really pull that off obviously they can still do like heavy things into more of a sort of like spacious psychedelic sense and yeah uh, great song great song heavy things <laughs> wait say it again heavy things oh heavy th song. heavy things yes <laughs> they could do heavy things they did once they made heavy things the song <laughs> they stopped doing heavy things the music um uh but, uh, you know, I don't want to, like, paint with a broad brush. Like, I don't like when people say, like, they can't do anything like that now because it's like, well, they still pull off Zeppelin tunes, like, really well. If you're standing near them mm -hmm. during a show and they're playing, like, any number of songs or any of the classic rock covers, I'm sure you'd be like, they can still be heavy. But um, in this era, I think playing just in these clubs and just the way that they sound, it's it, they can still dip into this sort of, um, it's strange to say, like, punk rock energy or you know anything relating to that with them but there's something where like they can get heavy in a way that feels um simultaneously ironic but also sincere <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> right um yeah in a way now where it's like if they're doing something heavy now it's like just sincere right it's like if they were to do you know if they're going to do new quarter it's like a very reverent version of that which is also cool but there's um i like that kind of almost like nervous energy that they could bring to it at this time and speaking of nervous energy i'm nervous to get to the next section of the show but the show Rock must Rock. go on we hit big black furry creatures from mars bbfcfm for those <laughs> keeping track <laughs> which on for those saved in my phone yes for those writing uh uh your set list on the back of the uh ticket back in the day you didn't ever <laughs> <laughs> this is the seventh version out of eight that they would do in uh, this year. Also, that number is also confusing because they did two in this show, and so I'm kind of counting both of those. There's another show where they did three in wow. one show, so these numbers are a little skewed. But uh, I don't have time. There. I don't have time to uh, argue with the find <laughs> 1994 in page thing on fish.net. You know, I can't. Uh, I can't do that kind of work when there's like 73 versions of sample in a jar. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, uh, big black furry creatures from Mars. So this is we should mention. So this is played uh, like normal. This is played normally. This is played like the way they normally would, except that instead of doing the kind of the very, very, very last end count end part, they sort of stop playing and then they're about to <laughs> enter a different part of the show, which we can talk about. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about that whole thing separately or did you want to bring this into like a sandwich thing because it's big black furry creatures from mars into ginseng sullivan into big black furry creatures from mars do you want to do it that way and right. then we can talk about um well i liked w- half of i liked <laughs> one third of this of these things okay <laughs> yeah it's this one yeah i gave i mean i gave this version of bbfcbm no bbfcfm yeah I gave uh, I gave it four point four because it's just a fun song, but after that I I got a little frustrated. I didn't go too hard like I could have because if you listen close enough, as we'll discuss, like it's still good. But like I have some things to say about that part of ninety four fish. So okay, so they play this. They don't qu- totally finish it because then they do Ginseng Sullivan, and then this is. They move to the front of the stage and they are performing acoustic with no microphones, which yep. presumably was super cool if you were like sitting in the Cincinnati Music Hall at the time yeah. and could hear them. Uh, unfortunately, we are hearing this. Even if you were sitting, <laughs> yeah. Even if, I mean, you'd have to be sitting in like the first four rows. <laughs> I just, the thing about the no microphone thing that bothers me with the bluegrass is that like, you know, sometimes people just yell out like, you, like, woo. You know what I mean? Like they just, because that's what bluegrass music is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just you get those urges and you can't stop yourself, and then everyone just shushes you. And honestly, the shushing drives me even more nuts than someone just yelling "woo." Because at least when someone just yells "woo," it's over. But they shush for like a thirty-five seconds in each song, and I'm just like, just Shh. it's not gonna continue. It's just like just just let them go. Like I get I get it. You want it to be quiet, but like. I write to the band at whatever their email is, probably f- uh, five fins mailbag at gmail dot com, and tell them. Yeah. Even through t- through time, like they should have just pushed Trey's microphone up. Like I. Yeah, it's too yeah. quiet. <laughs> yeah, so it makes me sad. There, there's, um, there's a lot. Uh, here (laughs) one thing i wanted to bring up about i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast was like the and and actually you kind of brought this up with the whole um set one versus set two thing like looking so short you know set one and then like this is an experience i think that is crucial to (laughs) becoming a fish fan or probably jam band fan of any ilk is like when you see something like Oh, big black furry creatures from Mars, Ginseng Sullivan, big black furry creatures from Mars are biased. They're like, oh, this is going to be cool. This is great. Wow, it's without microphone. And then when, like, then the experience of actually listening to it and going, oh, that was a that was a huge letdown. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, even that can happen sometimes with jams. I remember like looking up really, really long versions of jams and being like, this is going to be great. And then some of the ones from like 2003 or even the late 90s, I'm like, ah, that was <laughs> that was like. 16 minutes of a good jam and six minutes of like really boring stuff, you know, um, where you, you know, you, you kind of feel like you're a little let down. Yeah. I mentioned that that I have buyers. I had a little bit of a buyer's remorse initially where I was like, you know, should we even do this show? Because like almost like a quarter of it is 
essentially inaudible on the <laughs> practically tape. Practically inaudible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with that said, though, I mean, uh, I, again, I I think you have to protect the idea. This is, comes with the territory, and I think there's still enough meat on the bone outside of this section, you know, that it's still a good enough show. If you just right, kind yeah, of excise I mean, I this agree. part, um, yeah. So I guess we could get the whole thing. So Big Black for Creatures from Mars, then they do Ginseng Sullivan. They do yeah. Big Black for Creatures from Mars reprise. Um, Ginseng was played 20 times. This is the 18th one. Um, oh, wow. And then they Hum do... Hum me with a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they do... Dog f- oh, uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. I don't know. That's a good question. That would um, be interesting to find out. And then... Uh, they do dog faced boy after that, and then they do sweet Adeline again. All of this was, is without microphones, so um, yeah, like you said, you get the you get the some people yelling, people somebody saying something, and then you'll hear this shh, which you know is much more annoying on the tape actually than even just the random yelling. Yeah, um, it drives me insane. There's, uh, it's kind of a funny. I I came around to the idea of it being a pretty funny idea in the room, though, that they do big black furry creatures from Mars, which is like unquestionably their most what like abrasive, like ridiculous <laughs> song, and then go into this section, and I feel like that's a good encapsulation of 1994's year two. They were beginning to do a lot of this, uh, bluegrass stuff, and really incorporating that sound into the band and it was often in situations like this where they would do sort of this essentially like mini, mini acoustic set there's a great youtube clip called the bluegrass sessions that came out around this time or is i guess it should say is footage from around this time you know they were exploring this sound and i think it's that kind of contradiction right is that i think they felt and maybe even going back to what you said with the goofiness of split open melt and stuff i do feel like as a uh band that was expanding to this kind of larger larger thing and was becoming sort of a bigger act and was playing larger places i think they maybe did feel a little bit of a degree of obligation to sort of make themselves a touch more serious taking themselves a touch more musically seriously for people outside of that realm obviously for you and i we could talk about like mound and its eyes being like these very serious um musical uh, excursions which they are but uh you know i think to somebody on the outside just the ability to play like a bluegrass song like this or sing a barbershop quartet song is a little more objectively musically uh <laughs> tasteful <laughs> is that the word um yeah with that said though i agree with you it's kind of a letdown and uh, i mean it's impossible for it to be ignored that like just based on the quality of the tape alone i don't really know how we do the ranking so you had Big Black Fairy Creatures is 4.4. I went with 3.5. Jesus. I don't know. I mean, I probably could have gone more for that, but I just felt like I wanted to give that and the other one the same amount. I gave gave Ginseng and Dogface auto fours just out of respect. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, But the... Big Black Furry Creature from Mars Reprise and Sweet Adeline. I gave both of them just three and a half. I couldn't really hear it. It was just not even in the YouTube one. And then, like you know, I'm like squeezing my headphones together to try to hear, and I just I know it's <sighs> <laughs> it's 
I get it. Like it would probably be funny for that to happen in real life, but at the same time, I would also be like, "This is stupid because I I'm not close enough to hear what's going on right now." And someone will have to say to you like, "What song is this?" You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I, I yeah, I'm, I'm torn on it because like when I when I did turn up the volume and I heard like the Ginseng Sullivan. I was like, right. this sound, they sound really good and the yeah. harmonies sound great. Like they, they really sound, they sound so together um, in this and not to say that they don't now, but there is something different. I, there's like a real excitement to it. Like, Hey, we just figured out this bluegrass song that we can all sing together. Like there's a real energy <laughs> to it. And yeah, I like the humor. Uh, there's funny stuff that happens here too. Like, so they do the Ginseng Sullivan and dog face. They boy. do yeah. big black furry creatures from Mars a reprise and then uh trey does that thing where he's like um ladies and gentlemen greasy physique uh is going to come out <laughs> and do a uh, uh emotions solo at the end of every line trey just like looks over at fishman and uh fishman does like a new face and everyone laughs and that's when the crowd like goes crazy yeah and then, but it's they like don't a shush themselves then you know what I mean? So it's like, thanks, guys. Yeah, right. It's kind. Of, I was thinking that too. I'm like, and then it's kind of like a sitcom when you're listening to it, <laughs> like the way that they laugh. What's um I mentioned the fish book thing earlier too because uh in the fish book and it's sometimes hard to tell the tenor of some of those quotes emotionally, like if they're sort of kidding with stuff sometimes. It maybe doesn't come across in print as well, but there's one quote from Fishman that's something about and I was trying to, to find it right before we got on. I meant to write it down, but it was something about the idea of like talking about the songwriting evolving, but trying to keep it within a certain range where you know you're still yourself or whatever and he said something like right. he says something in the thing like man when i first heard dog face boy i wanted to like shoot myself in the head and i was like holy <laughs> hell because i because as somebody who loves hoist i just always loved a dog faced boy and then we can do the drop but made an appearance at our first show and there i had no idea how rare that was couple. at the time like i was right. just like oh cool they're doing dog face boy i love this song and it's super rare um, one of the best shows ever people look it up and uh yeah but so the so i i it was cool to hear dog face boy with this reaction that was like you know it was like sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band where the crowd laughs you know the ha 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 um but yeah i mean it was it was uh i i actually enjoyed that the most of the things in this um yeah sweet adeline I just I don't know why you would do two acapella songs yeah. in the same show. Really, like I don't really get that. Yeah. Um, Especially when the last one is just a better song, anyway. Oh well, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. like Sweet Adeline more than the last one, but whatever. <gasps> no, you don't. Jesus. 
Yeah, I think Sorry, so. All right, people. I guess this is the last. This is the last podcast. <laughs> we always we said we, we can, we're going to break up on air. It's just the. It's just the. If it breaks, if we break up the podcast over acapella songs, that really would be pretty legendary. Um, <laughs> that we couldn't handle. <laughs> of all the fucking debates we could get into, that's the one. <laughs> um, so I, I, for the sake of uh, completion here, uh, I'm going to read my scores and your scores. We'll see if this is right. So I gave. Big Black Fairy Creatures from Mars, three and a half. Ginseng, uh, I gave both versions of Big Black Fairy Creatures from Mars, three and a half. I gave Ginseng, three. I gave Dogface <gasps> Boy, four. And I gave uh, Sweet Aline, three. Uh, again, mostly all of, those, all of those are bumped down except for the uh, the um, you know the quality, the audio quality, really. You know, I, I almost, I was going to give everything a, a three and a half. And I was like, that's pretty low. And then you I know, thought here you we were are and, intimating and like, earlier on you were going to give these really low scores. So I was actually surprised that you. I did. Yeah, I did. You I did. gave two it of relative. them three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, well, actually, we g- if we gave them the same scores except for um, we gave we gave the exact same scores except for uh, I say. Ga- well, you gave Sweet Adeline three and a half. I gave it three, and then I gave Big Black Fairy Creatures from Mars. Yeah, but you gave what four? You gave I out gave a four, four and then I, yeah, well. so we really ended up, we're, we're so. right in the, we, we are in the same spot with this stuff, which is that Ooh. I think also, you know, it's we're a growing. the same opinion, yeah, it's, but you just can't tell because I use my points differently. <laughs> I would, I would love to give, a, I would love if they had just sang freaking ginseng into a mic, I might've given it a five because I like yeah. the way it sounded, but it's yeah. so hard to hear. Um, yeah. And then people yelling out, I did, uh, I, actually, if I gave out one MVP, for guys yelling out, it would be the when Trey says uh, Fishman's going to do an emotion solo and he's going to reach deep down inside you, and this one guy's like, "Hold on, let me go to the bathroom." Um, yeah, that so was really good. It was pretty good. Um, <laughs> Even the crowd laughs at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he barely gets shushed. Um, okay, thank goodness the boys they they pick up the instruments. Let's get back. Let's get back to work. Thank fuck. Uh, we are back to Julius. This is the greatest version of Julius ever. Uh, yep. Lucky for us. And as such, it earns an automatic <laughs> four. Dan, what did you rank <laughs> the greatest version of Julius? I did one? what I was supposed to do and ranked it an automatic four. Yep. It's automatically, automatically, systematically. It's automatically the best jam uh, <laughs> every single time. There's that great interview where uh, fishman it's a great interview in general but fishman talks about like this revelation he had about playing the shuffle and all this and he's like very insistent that like the last couple years of julius have been like much better and i just i i'm sure he's right and i can't hear it (laughs) 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 um but i like julius as i mentioned hoist uh great opening track i always kind of like the studio version because you got the you got backup singers on there and and uh yeah, but uh, Hoist's, or, uh, Julius is pretty good. Um, there you go. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, Same with the next one, though, right? <laughs> pretty yeah. good. Pretty good stuff. Um, yeah, I uh, I also uh, auto-forward it. Um, I don't know how Boom. you feel about that. Um, I did it, too. Wow, there you go. Um uh, Sparkle is our next track. Uh, this is the 20th version out of 46. By the way, 66 versions of Julius. So that was 31. Um, 
Yeah, this is, you know, we're kind of back to the beginning of the show in some ways where these are solidly played versions of, of these respective songs. Very good in, in the 1994-ness of what they are, the way that they sound, but nothing that I would describe as sp- specifically unique about either one of them, um, right. which is fine. It doesn't like yeah. nothing that stands out other than just like the pace, I guess, of yeah just the julius clip, but trades julius now is pretty good you know what i mean that's the best version ever every time they play every it, time so. they play it it's the best version so that's really all you need to know sparkle is and you disagree with me on this i don't know i just think this era it's really the best i think when they do it now and trey doesn't nail the guitar part it just kind of makes me sad right um yeah so it only makes you feel sad <laughs> it makes you do an emotion solo as i feel sad <laughs> Did you have any extraneous Sparkle-related thoughts? No. It's a fun song. It's a good auto for. Fits in well, usually. I don't feel like there's really a place that Sparkle could go that would make me be like Placement Police. You know, it just kind of actually fits anywhere you want it to. It's a skeleton key of sorts. Uh, yeah, I placement-wise... Yeah, it's just so hard at this point because I don't know, you know, the the lack of a regular set list construction combined with this uh, acoustic off mic part makes it feel like, <laughs> I don't know, like it feels like too, it feels like if you were to take the show and uh, like look at it, like if you could move things around, you could actually right. take out the acoustic stuff and still get... Uh, a decent yeah. show out of it. It just feels I, like I it's mean, all jumbled up. Like, I don't know how to feel about yeah. it. <laughs> I, I think the thing with the acoustic stuff too, is it's like in from where we are with headphones and stuff, like listening to it, yeah. like, you know, it takes time out of my listening experience for me to look at my phone and make sure that my headphones not like dead or something where like, I'm just <laughs> like, why is there no sound all of a sudden? And then I realize, Oh, it's because they're, playing this song in 1994 and if they had just like you said if they just stayed at the microphones like that would be freaking great they could have kept playing the same instruments too you know what i mean like there wouldn't have needed to be yeah they get like fishman could play the washboard back at the other drum set yeah uh yeah like you're saying without without even really changing what you do right what you actually play right yeah they just wouldn't have had to they would just wouldn't have gotten to stand right next to each other which, by the way, bluegrass artists do around a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an appeal to playing in a room if it's, it's particularly... It's anti-Appalachianist discrimination. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they there's an appeal to doing this in a room if it's a particularly warm room, too, but I don't... It just feels like... I wonder if that would be the case with the Cincinnati Music Hall. Um I also like there's another element to it of there kind of being a potential where maybe the energy of the room was kind of running into the red. You know, it was kind of to a point where they. Right. Which, again, that doesn't translate as well on tape. You know, that they were maybe a little nervous about like they really didn't want the show to end because the fire alarm or something. <laughs> um, 
So that that's another possibility. Uh, uh, you know, I don't. It doesn't feel like that though. It feels like this is some kind of deliberate idea. The kind of big black furry creatures reprise thing of like, wouldn't it be funny if we like reprise that <laughs> in the acoustic set? Which it is kind of funny, but uh, it is funny. Um, yeah, it's definitely funny. But yeah, it just doesn't translate as well on tape. And I think we agree that all oh, that whole thing is kind of like a growing pain for the band. I think. Um, also, they got right. smarter about this. Like, if you watch the yeah Clifford Ball, you know where they do the. They do an acoustic set, but it's like where they do talk and train song and all that stuff. And it's like they've yes. evolved into have it. Plus, you know, they didn't have the repertoire of like slower songs then, you know, that they do obviously now. But even by the late 90s, like so there wasn't as much of that kind of, you know, we can bring this down and play Billy Breeze and kind of get everybody to <laughs> chill out for five minutes or whatever. <laughs> you know, they didn't really have that as much in their sets. They had some versions of it, but not really a lot. If I could, I guess from they could have tried to do that here, but like, uh, yeah, they they didn't really have all of that, so it wasn't really. Um, I think that was also another factor that could lead into like why they would do that. But suffice to say, yeah, the sparkle I I gave it an auto for because I just it's such a weird, um, uh, it's a weird show to talk about the placement patrol because <laughs> I just don't know what I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's like a riot squad at this point or something. Um, <laughs> but Paul Blart, <laughs> p- placement patrol cop. Well, Let's get well. called into duty. <laughs> this is our uh, next track is Harry Hood. Okay. Yeah. Harry Hood. Drop sound drop. Harry. They played thirty-one versions of Harry Hood, nineteen ninety-four. This is number fourteen. Um, wow, lucky fucks. Thirty-one whole versions. Seems actually still. It still seems kind of. It's about wild. how many times I've seen it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm interested to see what you gave it. Now, if you if you mess with me anymore, we're going to start to have issues here. So. I don't think that's going to be the case, Dan. I Harry Hood's my favorite fish song. This, to yeah. me, was, I have to admit, too, this was so needed, <laughs> wasn't it, in this show? It was like, <laughs> I, I really like the show uh, overall. I do. It, despite its flaws, I find it interesting. and It's got the great mid-section of the second set there, I guess early section. But... If this wasn't here, I you know the whole end of this show would be I would be a complete I would be punting on it every single time I listen to it you know outside of for right. podcast reasons it would be like after like split open and melt them like all right <laughs> which honestly <laughs> is unfair because Chalk Dust is really good too but uh, just when yeah. you look at the set list you're like all right I'm moving on to something else but we get Harry Hood here Harry Hood swings in on a chandelier it saves the day. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just uh, just phenomenal. One thing about it that I thought was really remarkable was that we talked about the jamming style of like a split open and melts, or the way they end. My right. friend, my friend, this kind of uh, this kind of type two jamming, but it feels a little bit less exploratory in the traditional sort of psychedelic sense, and more of a almost like frenetic energy pace, like this very like uh, practiced, studied. <laughs> sort of version of improv to me is like a little bit how it sounds. It doesn't feel as sort of like free flowing, like, yeah, we'll figure out another chord in five minutes. It's very immediate. Right. Um, And with Harry Hood, I actually thought the beginning of this jam was, uh, and it will use a classic cliched fish fan phrase. It's a very patient jam. Um, You know, they really, (laughs) they really sit in it, work it out. And it kind of drifts into, I like the, section at the beginning of the jam where Paige and uh, Trey, but I think particularly Paige, um, who it's not a huge Paige show outside of his normal, you know, big spots, but 
I think he's really great in this, and uh, it leads into this kind of, he leads the band into this sort of kind of more mysterious, uh, evil-sounding part at the beginning of the jam, which is uh, which is a really welcome sound uh, in a show that has a lot of Trey ripping your face off slash Mike ripping your face off action <laughs> that... Um, <laughs> To get kind of a tender tray and Mike Trey taking your face off at Trey the same time. starting on one side and Mike starting <laughs> likes to or like you have one face on one side. Ah, uh, we gotta stop with the Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Two face someday. Um, Two face. Uh, what's happening? Are That's we winning? Batman. What's that smell? That's Batman. Um, oh, you mean like Mad Eye? When he's one of got them is the like uh, face crazy eye. No, with the the guy with two faces with the face quarrel. Oh, quarrel. What's nice. happening? Yeah. Are we winning? Point. What's that? What's smell? happening? Are we winning? What's that smell? Um, <laughs> uh, What's that smell? It's a mic. It's a micless jam session. <laughs> We've entered the level of references Are where no one besides us knows what we're referencing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I went with. Drum roll, please. I went with six fins for Harry Hood. Threw on an extra. <laughs> Week. Bingo, bango. No, no good. You gave Not it. Enough. You gave it more. How much? Yeah, I did. I was a little generous after going through everything that we went through <laughs> and feeling bad about giving out two, three and a halfs because I have a heart. Um, <laughs> so I gave uh, I gave Harry Hood eight fins. I thought the name switching in the very beginning was hilarious. Oh, know what that was all about? Yeah, what but what is that, that all about? So and it's not in the uh, <laughs> it's not in the notes. What does he say? I know, but he he says he just changes the name. Oh, he says like Gary Hood, and then he says like Larry or something like that. It's like doesn't I he say like no idea? He what? It's like one of them is like Harry Lunsu or something. He's yeah, like, someone says something, and then it just gets out of hand from there. I know. Harry! Harry! No explanation for it in anything that I read. <laughs> I was really it's hoping so somebody would bring funny. it up. I don't know why no one's brought it up before. Maybe they don't remember because everyone was like feeling if it you, by then or something. For honest seriousness, if yes. you understand what the reference is, <laughs> please email us at fivefinsmailbag at gmail.com. Or at least submit it to the .NET corrections people so that they can put it on the set list page because I don't yeah, understand we, what we, we need to know because like, this know. is something that is important Answer the question, Ambassador. It is really funny. <laughs> what is he saying? Um, it is funny, though. <laughs> So uh, I thought that the jamming in this was really, really good and really, really fun. Um, but here's here's my question about from then till now. So I kind of felt like this jam was just a 3.0 jam, but with different guitar pedals. So it doesn't sound the same, but it's <laughs> the same jam. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But my question mm. now for, for this is now – when 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 we talk about when people complain about fish now, one of the things they complain about is the whole ripcord thing. And my question is, did fish get so deep now? Do fish go so deep now that they have to ripcord because they just get too far away from the original material? Whereas back then, it stayed close enough that going back into that riff to come out of Harry Hood works a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel so forced because 
they haven't gone so far yeah uh, uh, a field right. that they're just like oh shit how do we get back there and then they try to figure it out and then Trey eventually just goes we don't we don't we only have this many hours that we've rented out this place so we need to get back to business you know this and Tony Soprano gif this is a business <laughs> you know what i mean um but i yeah. went with 8 cuz i just had so much fun and it was such a big relief coming off of everything that had just happened i was like i you take my fence please <laughs> um yeah. oh i also said that the build the build up that happens around 10 minutes is insane some people call that a peak i call it a boner <laughs> And we're back to zero days with the gate for two. Back to five fins, everybody. We're back to the. <laughs> this is what keeps it coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, to speak to your question there, or uh, question yeah, and yeah. statement, <laughs> question and right, statement right. appended. Um, uh, I, I guess it's. I think there's a different. It's all about different expectations, right? So I think like with stuff from this period that the jamming was um I, I like i think being a fish fan in this period of time obviously like i was three years old so i don't know why i'm like saying this like i know but i get the sense based <laughs> on things that i understand is that you know it was still a pretty closed system in terms of people who really even understood who they were or what was going on so something like this split open and melt jam it's not like that was being compared you know on the internet to every fish jam and every grateful dead jam and every other band that's ever done anything ever you know so i think when stuff right. i think when you talk about like the rip chords and stuff like i think that that was i think the expectations around stuff like that were different like the fact that you know it was they were still in a period of time and this was i guess the really the end of that period but like still in this period of time where like you know it was like oh man they played this song split open and melt and then they went into this huge jam that was totally different than the song like where once things obviously get codified into well yeah they always jam on uh tweezer for 20 minutes it's whether or not they can get to that next level that changes it also like you're saying the sound was so different it takes until the late 90s to get into that period where the sound is a little bit more conducive to jamming that's um like opens up into different spaces so i think like for something like this hairy hood i'd agree with you that there's a little bit of, or uh, you know there's definitely versions of it i think from like now that are more exploratory in terms of like you know it'll go into a minor section or the rhythm will change a little bit more or this and that where this is almost more of a pretty well i like i said i do like the kind of mysterious uh, different little chord thing going on at the beginning of jam Thank you. 
then at that point it does just become i guess for lack of a better term like a pretty standard um though very you know well executed rendition of the song from that time so i don't know i think like people then it was i think that the expectations have changed uh obviously you could say the bar's been raised as just like the blanket statement but it's also like i think not mine i set my bar on the ground (laughs) right around 1992 i feel like you know so it's yeah it is funny though what you're saying because i think something like you know like if this was lim if this was if we were doing limbo my bar would be at like 10 feet high to start and i would just move it down like two inches if we were playing chicken limbo the chicken would be sitting on the ground and you'd just be stepping (laughs) over it did you ever play chicken limbo no do you know what chicken limbo is I don't think so. You know, really? Do you have to you don't go remember ch- limbo against a chicken? It's no, it's a it was a, it was a it was a it was a game that was marketed on cartoon shows and it was chicken limbo's oh, the one for big fun you know and what? all it was yeah, yeah it was it just it was right. just limbo with a chicken and then you would yeah. try to go under it and you hit it. I remember the top YouTube comment of somebody being like who else remembers getting <laughs> Uh, plastic chicken scrotum rubbed on you in on Christmas Eve because that's all it was was you'd basically get hit in the this. balls by a chicken. No, yeah, no, we were we went with Gator Golf and I think instead Gator Golf. We had Gator Golf same time, yeah. Because yeah, nothing same, is greater than time-ish. golf with a gator. Is that what you would say? Something like that. Uh, Except with the time when the gator would just throw the ball in like a random direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was not helpful at all. Also, there was like the whole thing with the teeth, and you like press on a tooth, and it like shoots out. <laughs> that might be something different. I don't know. It's, it's a hard. It was a hard time. It was a hard life. We lived a different life, people. <laughs> so all you young people, you, you people out there who haven't you, played chicken limbo, all, have no yes, idea what all, it was like. All you old people and all you young people need to stop with your with your things get off your high horse no pun intended it's time to sling the saddle off that overburdened horse and just you know accept that maybe our generation had some things that we didn't get to do and that and that we did that were weird we and we weren't at the fire fine. alarm show but we did get gator golf and chicken limbo and hungry hungry hippos exactly so we had that going for us and the chicago 2017 show and the <laughs> Or not 2017. What year was that? The 2013? Yeah. the yeah. And the Chicago 2013 <laughs> show. <laughs> what? He, they, played in tw- they played shows in 2017, but that's not what you're talking about. Um, no. Harry Hood's great. I, uh, yeah, I think this is a pretty stand... Uh, like it, like I say, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where, with the Finn Ranking thing, like, is there any version from 1994 that's bad? I mean, I'm sure there's ones that are less than great, but it's like if again, like the scatter plot of like fish fin squares, like like I said, like if if there's not a serious disease jam, I have a hard time going over four. If it's Harry Hood in like the mid 90s, this is like pretty much like five is this is the floor for me <laughs> maybe <laughs> like maybe <laughs> maybe four and a half if it's very unremarkable but i don't which even know what that is real. Yeah, which isn't a thing um yeah i i just think it like i said the show needs it so bad to to really seal the deal and make it something where it's not just a show with one good jam it feels like a full show. Our next track is Susie Greenberg. Yep. Um, this is the 19th version out of 42 <laughs> played. Oh, wow. In, uh, in the year 1994. So they really got going after this, after this show. They, they really, really, they really get, started stepping gotta it up. Got to get some more in. Um, 
I went with an automatic four for Susie. How'd you go? Me as well. Yeah, feels pretty. My notes actually just say Susie. <laughs> Susie. Yep. Yeah. Suze. Susie's uh, kind of the reason we in- you invent something like the automatic four concept. It's like, yeah, Susie. Right. Great job. Although Good I job, would, guys. I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely argue that with now, some of the solos from Paige like, really do get freaking intense and like really good. But before he's got all those synthesizers, you know, that's that's pretty much definitely auto four territory. Still, it's still pretty standard. I mean, I yeah, I, I like the weird sounds you can get on those too uh, but yeah <laughs> um that and set you two know what show i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> just based on that i know <laughs> uh this we end set uh two there and yeah. uh you know the long strange inconsistent set two and then <laughs> we get the encore mm-hmm. which is amazing grace Yes. Um, yeah, I um, I don't really like Fish's mm. version of this song as much. I have to admit. No, but it's 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 because it's fast, but like it's still Amazing Grace. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like uh, this at all. I kind of didn't even really. I think I listened to it <gasps> once. I gave it two fins. I don't like it that much, honestly. <gasps> I don't even really know why did they? Why would they even Jesus. do? this after doing sweet adeline like it just seems so strange like why wouldn't you just do one again because this is the better song (laughs) i mean they could have put it there they could have done it where they did sweet adeline that would have been fine amazing grace is like one of my favorite songs it might be like my favorite song oh wow okay it's like one of the most beautiful songs ever yeah, I just I mean, don't Fish think is, that their version, version of it. Yeah, yeah it it's not really like, you know, it doesn't hit that way. It's a little quick, but I don't, I don't know. I went, I went with an auto four. I don't know too. That's just, that's just hurtful. I don't know. I, I yeah, I, or I guess I already said it. I just did. I didn't really like um, understand what it adds. Like I guess they just have to do an encore. But it's weird to me also that they wouldn't do <laughs> it's it's weird to me that they wouldn't just do uh, another song like a, another rock song because it feels like they could still have done that. Right. I mean, like they end with um, really, it's like Julia's Sparkle Hood and Susie are like the last ones that are like done correctly or, you know, done. Yeah. Done normally. I mean, um, if this show happens five years down the road, then that is character zero. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or bug or something. At least something that you could just like walk out on and go like, oh, all right. right. This, um, but they had a tendency to kind of do more stuff like this at this time. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate Amazing Grace as a song. I just didn't. Uh, this was like, like well, it doesn't sound like it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like I don't know if I can like. <laughs> rank this very highly like we already got an acapella song i don't really like their ver- this is like my least favorite of their acapella songs i think um <laughs> it adds like basically nothing to the show i was just sort of like why is this even here like um but excuse me sir you dropped your wallet <laughs> <laughs> some of your folding money is coming dude <laughs> so coming out of this show I mentioned that mm-hmm. I started with 17. You started with 16.4. Yep. 
We both had yep. some fin gainage thanks to <laughs> that acoustic set largely. Um I got uh I ended up with 27.6, you ended up with 21.1. So we're in the blood same money. range. Blood money, blood money. <laughs> it's not like the 22.7 and like 4 or whatever it was after that one show. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That was pretty <laughs> that bad. Was pretty bad. Um in terms of a little concluding thoughts thing, um Kind of going off of what you said earlier about when you're talking about the hood thing and the and and kind of the jam- difference in jamming styles between the two eras. Like I mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast, I found it kind of to be a lot to adjust to listening to this time period. But then once I got there, I was right back in the thick of it, like listening to Live Fish 10, listening to the uh, Providence Bowie show, which was incredible. Um Doing a, I did a little bit of Bomb Factory today. I didn't do that entire show. But there's stuff. There's so much, obviously, from 1994. And there's so many great shows. And I really liked going back and listening to this one because I feel like you kind of get the good, the bad, and the ugly of 1994, right? You get the good, solid stuff, like at the beginning and end of the show. You know, if you take, like, the gym through uh, It's Ice and then the Julia Sparkle greenberg and then you get the really really transcendent yeah see well and then you get the really transcendent stuff my (laughs) friend my friend split open a male hairy head and then you get kind of the ugly weird section of like that's not necessarily weird i shouldn't even say ugly and weird but that that's sort of the what what do we do with this part of it you know looking backwards but i think you know like we both mentioned it's kind of one that's a time capsule and you kind of have to look at it that way Obviously, like listening to the show back now that we're not doomed to do the podcast anymore, there's not a chance in hell that I don't skip from Chalk Dust Torture to Harry Hood, uh, <laughs> just as my own personal <laughs> thing. Maybe stop at Dogface Boy just for two of the laugh lines and then move on. But just listen in real close, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I that's actually thinking when I picked the show, I went through this whole thing where when I picked the show, I was like this is going to be great. And then I was like, ah, this might be terrible. And then I came through the other side. I was like, I think that this will still be a good discussion. And it seems like you liked the show more than I anticipated. Would, do you think that'd be accurate, even though you don't know what I anticipated? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought that I liked the show less than you would have anticipated. But, you know, that's the surprise every single episode, right? <laughs> yeah, do you find, like, going back to these types of shows that you can get, you can get into them more, too? Because I find, like, um, if I'm set on a specific era like when i was listening to the new year's shows i was kind of like i could just live in this for months and just listen to these like until (laughs) they come back around but i found going back to 94 that it was like i don't know i i enjoyed it i i like hearing i like hearing the the things that they can do really well in those areas and i like hearing the stuff that's a little challenging too you know because i think it it makes the stuff like the fact that the next night is live fish 10 is kind of amazing you know Right. Um, yeah. I mean, so the next night, like, they must have got on a bus from Cincinnati to Columbus and then played that show. And it just, you know, that is, to go back to what you were saying about, like, what were the expectations or the jamming style and that stuff, it was, I think, a little bit more uh, holistic, if that makes sense. Like, the, the combination of, it wasn't just, like, playing five songs, second sets with big jams. It was sort of this 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 combination of all of the stuff together the kind of the right. the whimsy the really hard rocking stuff this sort of new softer side like all of these things together i think at the time was like this is like a quality fish show but when we go back and do like a song by song you know 
it's uh, some of the stuff maybe doesn't translate as well. And it's easier to talk about a show that it's like, here are the three big jams. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas it's like, this must have been cool in the room, but it's really hard to hear. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I know also uh, we should always say no shade to tape. The tape wasn't great for what it was. There's nothing you can do when they don't play in front of a microphone, you know? Yeah, it was It was pretty good for all the songs that you could hear. <laughs> And like I said, I think at some point that, like, I wonder who must have just come up to them and been like, guys, I, Brad Sands is like, hey, man, I was in the back of the room and this shit's really not playing to the rafters. We got to get, we got to get tray through. Shouldn't tray through a beer can. <laughs> That's actually, the, that was the whole story behind Bittersweet Motel there. That's why he was so upset. Brad was saying, we got to put microphones out there for the bluegrass things. And Yeah. I like how he can't even pretend he's, <laughs> he's he's really upset for like five seconds without all of them laughing hysterically. Like, it's so good. Um, I mean, I, can we actually just do a bittersweet motel app? Like, I don't know how we would pull that off, but I have so many. Like, if we just did scene by scene, like, all right, next scene. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I gave we'd this. have to. We could just we we could do that. We would just do it off air and then. We'll like just record uh, ourselves watching it. Just describe. We would just do the phone thing, like we did Breaking Bad, but we would record our conversation while we were watching. Oh yeah. <laughs> I gave this scene where Trey's not driving away from the girl who claims that she met him in Phoenix. They give that one fin. <laughs> I always just don't want to watch that part because he's trying so hard to be nice. <laughs> Any extraneous thoughts about the show, Dan? Do you have a pick for our next show? Um, um, uh, I don't have a pick. I'll have it real soon. Um, you can insert it when I get it. I was going to do it today, but then I was distracted by the Giants being so bad. <laughs> um, and Fish is a great band that has always been great and uh, will continue to be great for years to come. I still think that they keep getting better as time goes on, which is unusual for a band. Yeah, but and, I, you're, um, you're getting... You're coming around, I'm, I think. Yeah, I think I'm, coming I'm, I'm coming around to seeing the merits of these early shows, and uh, for that, yeah. I appreciate this podcast. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think I'm also, even though I liked them more than you before this podcast, I'm actually um, beginning to, I think, piece things together about their history a little bit easier now because we skip around, you know, Um if we were just doing like shows in consecutive order, that would be probably a real bummer. But, uh, right. Well, speaking of skipping around, our next one is going to be Dan's selection. And that show is. See, I edited it in right there. Insert show here. July 2nd of 2010. All right. And, uh, the Midnight Marauders is a thing that Dan and Kev do about their next fish show. <laughs> there are this many fish shows that have been played by fish. The majority of them are really good. The word jaboo means to... Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Um, we want to thank everybody out there who is listening we will have our next episode out early in March of 2023. My goodness, moving right through time. Bob, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to contact us in all seriousness, please email us at 
five fins mailbag at gmail.com. P H I V E P H I N S mailbag at gmail.com. Thanks everybody so much, and we will see you next time on Five Fins. Bye bye. Thank you.